Welcome back to Yelling and Propelling, episode number four. Big shout out to Dunker's Delight, the Westchester Knicks, and Taj Gibson, who will be placed in one of three categories. Uh, I'm going to be taking the entire current Knicks roster and putting every single player into one of three categories. Number one, who I think should be a part of the New York Knicks future. Number two, who I wouldn't mind being a part of our future, and then number three, who I think should not be a part of our future in any way, shape, or form. As always, let me begin by giving you guys a bit of a weekly recap, but for starting now and going throughout the playoffs and then throughout the offseason, the weekly recap segment is going to be more about um, just general NBA headlines, just things that uh, you know need to be mentioned on the show. Anything that pertains to the Knicks will be mentioned first of course but um just as you know news starts to get slower for the Knicks uh, I'm going to be recapping you know how the playoffs are going and then big changes in the offseason things of that nature to begin I have to take it back to the final regular season game for the Knicks we defeated the Toronto Raptors 105 to 94 in a game where we only had eight active players Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly played 40 plus minutes each and put on an absolute show for the hometown crowd uh, Obi Toppin, 42, man, 42 points, 10 rebounds for Obadiah Toppin, Emmanuel quickly, another triple-double uh, in 42 minutes, 34 points, 10 rebounds, and 12 assists, super fun game to watch, those two put on a show, and it really, really gets you excited for what they will have to offer next season, and Obi especially, man, like, like quickly, I mean, did the same thing, you know, two games prior. So, uh, and you just you, you kind of could tell with quickly. It was a bit more of a question mark with Obi, um, if he could be a uh, big scorer. Like, obviously, this is all put to rest. Like, I, I know it's one game, right? I know it's one measly regular season game that the Raptors were just playing their backups and prepared for the uh, 76ers, but. Obi put on a show and scored in mul- a multitude of ways, so it really gets it, it at least gets me excited for what those two at least are going to have to offer for next season. So then, fast forward a bit to the play-in tournament. It began with the Brooklyn Nets defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers to claim the seventh seed uh, in the East, and then in the West, the Timberwolves defeated the Clippers. 109 to 104. That game was really fun. Patrick Beverly is a beast, and he's always entertaining to watch. So then the uh, ninth and 10th seeds on the next day, April the 13th, um, Atlanta Hawks dismantled the Charlotte Hornets 103 to 132, and Pelicans defeated Spurs 113-103. They move on to the final play-in game, which would take place on the 15th of April that Friday and the Hawks defeat the Cavaliers and the Pelicans beat the Clippers so Cavs and Clippers both went from eighth seed uh, possibly being able to claim the seventh seed to being knocked out not making the playoffs uh, entirely which is rather disappointing for them the Cleveland had a good year they uh, 
they they obviously weren't expected to do much of anything so it was still for their fans I'm sure it was still cool to see them compete and Evan Mobley's a beast I'm super high on him uh, Clippers obviously were riddled with injuries, you know, Paul George and Kawhi. So the Hawks and the Pelicans both get the 8th seed in their respective conferences. This past weekend, the playoffs got underway, and I'm recording this late Wednesday night, so I'm just going to catch you up to speed uh, and give you the major headlines from each series, starting off with Miami and Atlanta. Miami's up 2 nothing. They won both of their home games. The series now goes to Atlanta. Game 1, Trey Young had a nightmare performance, 1-for-12 from the field, 6 turnovers, didn't even see any action in the fourth quarter, uh, arguably the worst game of his career. Bounced back in the second game, but they were not able to pull it off, so we'll see if they can make that a series, give the Heat a run for their money as that series is now going to Atlanta for Game 3. Uh, speaking of Game 3, we just had a Game 3 in the Philly and Toronto series, and the Sixers are now up 3 to nothing, looking like they're on their way to a sweep. Joel Embiid's also looking like he's on his way to an MVP. The Bucks and Bulls series is now tied. The Bulls won just a couple hours ago, and Chris Middleton actually sprained his MCL in the game. was having a great game. I think he had like 17 in the third quarter or something like that, uh, but sprained his MCL, so he's going to be out indefinitely, and that spells for trouble in paradise in Milwaukee, and also trouble in paradise in Phoenix where uh, they won game one there's no trouble there but game two the Pelicans actually snagged it in Phoenix and Devin Booker same deal is going to be out indefinitely he's now dealing with a hamstring issue so obviously if you're a Suns or Bucks fan you're just a little bit worried right now just a little bit with your uh, your star players facing injury trouble now and probably going to have to come back not 100% for the rest of the playoffs. So moving back to the East, sorry I jumped around a bit, the uh, Boston and Brooklyn series has been really fun, really, really fun to watch. And Boston's up 2 nothing as the series is now going to go to Brooklyn for Game 3. Um, KD hasn't played well so far. Kyrie played phenomenal in Game 1, uh, pretty subpar in Game 2, so... I'm sure that series is going to end up being competitive going down to a Game 6, Game 7. So, moving on to Dallas and Utah. The series is tied 1-1. One to one. Uh, Again, I feel like this is a series that will go to a Game 7. Uh, my pick was Dallas and 7. I'm going to stick with it. Why not? Luka should be returning for either Game 3 or 4. They said, um, if not Game 3, Game 4. Uh, Golden State is up 2 to nothing on Denver. And the Grizzlies-Timberwolves series is now tied 1 apiece. So we've seen no shortage of competitive basketball so far in the 2022 NBA playoffs, and I really think some of these teams that are going to fall short of a championship are going to have some real tough decisions to make in the offseason, whether or not to move on from certain guys, stuff like that. And speaking of offseason changes and speaking of moving on from guys, let's now jump into the topic in the title, the question in the title. Well, I don't think it's a question. No, I did not phrase that as a question. Anyways, who do I think should belong up on this Knicks team for the long term and who should not be on this team for another day, another second? I'm going to, like I said, break it into three categories. Every single player on the roster from Ryan Archie Diacono to Alec Burks, everybody is going to be put into a category. Um, just the players, not the coaching staff. But... I wanted to actually say that 
this is something I've been doing since 2018, uh, just on my own. I have this little Google Docs sheet under like my high school email or something that like ever since 2018, I've just had the three, the same exact three categories I just listed to you. Um, and I had our entire roster at the time. I'd update it like every three months. I had the entire roster broken down into those three categories. And I was like, why not make a video about it? Um, I hadn't updated it in a while. I was like going to update it. I was like, okay, there's no better time, right? There's only been one player to have spent some time in each of the three categories. And that's Julius Randle, who we will get to in just a short bit. But right here, right now, let's jump into it and start with the bottom tier, who I think should not be a part of our future. We're going to work our way up. Uh, to kick things off, I got point guard Kemba Walker in this category. Um, probably not a surprise to many people at all. Obviously, the move to bring in Kemba, was it was a low-risk, high-reward move to sign him, and we did not receive the high reward. It's basically that simple. Uh, most Knicks fans agree it's time to move on. I've I've been a big fan of Kemba since his time at Charlotte. Um, went to Boston, you know, was troubled with the I guess the knees, right? Yeah, the, his knees, and we would did, you know the load management and all that. Um, came to New York. Obviously, he had expressed like multiple times throughout his career that he'd been wanting to play for New York for um, a long time since he was uh, born and raised in New York. So, anyways, uh, I. I was guilty of this. I was guilty, just like a lot of Knicks fans, of buying into the whole he's going to come and revitalize his career with the Knicks. And I don't think anybody really expected, you know, to get back to his all-star, you know, caliber play. I don't think anybody really was expecting that. But just being able to be a big part of our team and lead us to the playoffs, and it, it just didn't work out. It's, it's time to move on plain and simple and moving on we will to the second player in this category and that is Ryan Archie Diacono I said his name a couple minutes ago we signed him towards the end of the season just a few months back um there's not much to say about this I don't think that he has any role on this team um in the rotation so I feel like it's best to move on give him an opportunity to play somewhere else he carved out a nice role for himself in Chicago for a while so Hopefully he can get back to that on a uh, contender or something like that. So the third player in this category is center Nerlens Noel. He was out for the vast majority of this season. I think he played maybe 12 games, if that. So in, in I mentioned this uh, a couple episodes back that his injury problems were like not really fully disclosed and Knicks fan, we knew he was out, but we didn't know what he was really dealing with. Like, I can't even tell you off the top of my head, like, any of the injuries that he had this season that kept him sidelined so long. So, from the little bit that we did see of him this season, it just reminded me that he frustrates me so much on offense. And, like, pretty much 50% of, like, the passes that go to him go straight through his hands. Uh, I don't know what it is. Um, and that percentage I just threw out might not be as big of an exaggeration as you think it is. Uh, let me preface though that Nerlens Noel was great in his role last season. He was a big part of why we were able to be so successful. He, he He's a great defender. He protected the rim at an elite level and there's he's a great defender. There's no denying that but I feel like he gives 
a team little to nothing on the offensive end. His time on this team has came and it's gone now, so we should move on. And plus, Mitchell Robinson, assuming we re-sign him, which we should, by the way, uh, retains his starting position as center. And then uh, Jericho Sims backing him up is pretty much all we need for the center rotation. And Taj Gibson, throw him in the mix there too if we bring him back. So... Yeah, I, I don't see a spot for Nerlens Noel on this team. The fourth and final player on this list is the cap, Julius Randle. And this is a big one, obviously. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I, I guess most Knicks fans would agree with me. I'm sure there's plenty of them that would, well, it'd be too easy to put him in the, you wouldn't mind him being a part of the future. Like, oh, I, of course I wouldn't mind him being a part of, the team next year if he were able to get, get back to what he was doing, uh, you know, 2020, 2021. So, like, who wouldn't, right? If he could get back to that, plus what we got going on with the young guys. But, you know, that's not very likely. So I feel like, again, like like Noel, I feel like his time has come and went. This is a bigger one, though, because it's Julius, and he was a top five MVP candidate. I've said that phrase uh, multiple times and it's well I'm only four episodes into this show but it really is an enigma how he how quick his downfall has been um, and you've got guys like me on podcast episodes talking about how we want him gone and it was a year ago he was like the hero so yeah obviously we we, we know this so yeah I, I think I think Obi deserves a starting role I really want to see him flourish on this team and I just feel like that that can't happen with like while he's backing up Julius and obviously um, I mean even if I was Julius Randle I would not accept a uh, backup role backing up uh, Obi Toppin um I, I I feel like he deserves better I feel like we deserve better so I feel like it's time to move on and this one's tough um Ner- the Nerlens Noel one is tough too because they're under contract next year um so it'd have to be through a trade, and neither of their stocks are very high right now. So it's tough, but this is just you know the hypothetical. I think it's time we move on from Julius Randle. And that right there wraps up that category. So let's move on to the middle category of who I wouldn't mind being a part of our future. And that might be a little vague. Basically what I'm saying there is if they get cut, if we trade them for a second round pick a you know whatever they're worth if we get a good return for them then I'm not too upset about it but if they stay on the team and they play well then of course I'm not upset about that either so that's kind of where these three players fall the first one is Ferran Hunt uh we signed him uh he was the last signing from the season that was maybe uh like a month or two ago uh he was played a little bit for the Mavericks uh I think they're just their G League team I had I I saw some crazy takes of people on Twitter saying why doesn't why do we sign these guys if Tibbs isn't going to give them a chance and people were like man it's Ferran Hunt like do you do you know like did you play with this guy like I I, I mean he he's probably he's probably pretty good but I I I don't know I mean maybe he stays with the team I think he's on like a two way so yeah sure like I just wouldn't mind it. Um, I, I, again, I could have easily put him into, uh, I, I don't think he should be a part of the future, but 
I don't know. It, he's someone I'd like to do a little more research on if we're um, going to keep him for next year. So, yeah, I just threw him in there. So why not? Fran Hunt. Uh, the second player in the who I wouldn't mind being a part of our future category is Taj Gibson. Taj is starting to get up there in age, currently 36 and will be 37 at the start of next season. Uh, he's a seasoned vet. I've really liked what he's given us throughout the past couple of years. Uh, so I wouldn't mind us bringing him back um, for, you know, the next few years, whatever it is. I He's in the wouldn't mind category because he's getting up there, like I just mentioned. And, you know, we, we don't want to, you know, have him playing until he's 45. And he's not, he's not a part of the super long-term vision for this team, right? But, like, for the time being... I feel like Taj Gibson is a guy that every team could use. Not not that they need, but every team could use. He's a safety blanket at the big man spot, could play power forward, could play center as well. So, yeah, I like Taj. Overall, I uh, wouldn't mind, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't start crying my eyes out if we were to let him go, trade him for a second, whatever, uh, or if we kept them for the next few years, so I wouldn't mind either way. The third and final player in this here category is Alec Burks, Mr. Fourth Quarter. I don't think anybody expected him to uh, have so many clutch moments for us last season. Uh, and then, again, I don't think anybody expected this season for him to have less clutch moments, but a lot more time at the point guard position, starting at that uh, this is something I touched on, I think, a little bit in both the RJ episode and in the uh, Julius Randle episode. I don't know why. Oh, man, that voice crack. I don't know why he played so much time at the point guard, starting at that as well. So, yeah, I hope that if we do bring him back, that it's as a wing scorer, much more of what we saw last season as opposed to this season. Um, he's not a point guard. Again, I said that. So, yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind him being brought back at all if it's as a wing scorer, but as a point guard, I will pass on that. And again, either way, if he gets traded, uh, I won't be too upset about it. Now, let's jump to the final category, that being who I think is a vital part of our future. And I need to mention this. I've had it in my head the entire time. I haven't mentioned it to you guys yet, that... This list that I'm conducting is kind of in an order, like just kind of like I started with Kemba. I feel like that's somebody that we should, that's, that's the number one person on the roster that we should move on from. And I'm kind of working my way up of then at the top, the last person I'll list is who I think we should never move on from. Well, you know what I mean? Like that, it's not like a super strict list. I kind of just threw the players into the three categories and then flip flop the order just a little bit. Um, but anyways, the first player that I have in this category might be a bit of a shock, and that is Evan Fournier. Uh, like I just went on a tangent about, every team needs some veterans on their roster. I think that Evan Fournier is a good one to have. He's a great shooter. He literally broke the record for uh, three-pointers made in a single season for the Knicks franchise record. Um, nobody expected that. Uh, it was pretty low. John Starks' previous record was pretty low. Evan Fournier took it in a, uh, what was a failure of a season. So he was one of the bright spots when you really look back on it and look look back at the uh, numbers he put up. The Speaking of numbers, last summer he signed uh, a contract that had a lot of numbers on it, a lot of zeros on it, four years, $73 million, 
and a lot of people call that an overpay. I was amongst those a lot of people. And, I mean, did he live up to the contract entirely? I don't think so. But he, I, th- I think that he's a guy that will help us. And I think he, I really believe that he's going to improve. It, a lot of it looked like he just wasn't used to the role. It wasn't a entirely different role that he's played than he's played, you know, in his entire career. But I really think that he's going to improve as these next few years go on. And he's a great shooter, and you can't have enough shooters on the team. So I'm totally, totally, totally cool with Evan Fournier being on the team. I think he can and will be a big part of our future so moving on to the next player in this category that is Cameron Reddish we acquired him at acquired 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 yeah I'm saying that right we acquired him at the trade deadline um a couple months back I hated the um no I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry the we acquired him a month or so before the trade deadline and then when the trade deadline came that is when the rumors sparked that we were gonna we were shopping him and looking to flip him for a couple of second round picks and I just I hated those rumors because he hadn't yet gotten a chance to really see the court like I think at that point he had only gotten on the court for like a total of like 18 minutes so I was like you know at least give the guy a shot like why are we shopping him already we we gave up a first round pick for him so I'm very happy that he's still on the roster and I think he has loads of potential and can seriously carve out a really nice role for himself on this team whether it's starting sixth man you know either or I think that he can be a big part of this team and him and RJ you know playing together there's already the chemistry there from Duke and speaking of Duke you know if just to sprinkle on top of all of that he, he can be used as Zion bait so you know we got RJ we got Cam we just need the third member of the trifecta so but yeah I, I think Cam Reddish is a great player I think he has uh, great natural instincts on defense uh, can really get into the passing lanes super well and He's like 6'9", with like the wingspan of like a 7-footer. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's got all the makings of a great player, and I feel like a couple of years from now, he can really grow into one. So, moving on, I'm going to give you guys like a three-pack here, starting with Jericho Sims, then Miles McBride, and Quentin Grimes, obviously our three rookies that we drafted last year. I just, saying that out loud, you know what I just realized is that I did not put Rokas Jokovitis on this team. And you might not know who that is. You might think that that sounds like a disease or a spell I just casted on you. Rokas Jokovitis, let me talk about him. Just This is completely improvising it. Jokovitis is, we drafted him at the, very I want to say very end of the first round. If not, it was the very beginning of the second round. And he's overseas. He was like a draft and stash player. He's overseas right now. And I've seen some highlights and he looks pretty good, so I guess that I should have put him in a category, but I didn't, and I'm not going to, because I just kind of talked about him, so you guys decide for Rokas, do some research on him, I know I gotta do a little bit more research on him, but sorry for that, you know, sidetracking, uh, Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, Jericho Sims, I put all three of them here in the, who I think should be a part of our future, I I just I really am excited to see more from all three of them. Uh, I think Miles McBride deserves more of an opportunity. Quentin Grimes and Jericho Sims 
uh, towards the end of the season started to really get theirs. So I think next season McBride gets his. That would be awesome. I'm super high on all three of them. Uh, Quentin Grimes as a really solid uh, three and D player. Miles McBride could grow into a super nice like playmaking on ball like perimeter defender. I feel like there's there's a lot of potential for McBride to do like a bunch of different things. And Jericho Sims. The potential, the potential isn't like through the roof for him there, but as a backup for Mitch, I think we found the one, like the perfect guy. So Jericho Sims, I like as well. So all three of them, they go hand in hand in hand. Uh, they belong in that category, in my opinion. So moving along, we have Mitchell Robinson. I just said his name. Mitch has been our starting center for a few years now, and we have a big decision to make. Um, I think I'm going to get to a video on that pretty soon, or a video, a a podcast episode on it pretty soon about uh, should Mitchell Robinson remain our starting center for the foreseeable future, should we sign him to a big contract, give him what he wants. So yes, I do believe that Mitchell Robinson should remain our starting center for the foreseeable future, and there's a good amount of Knicks fans that actually disagree with me when I say that, and would prefer we don't sign him to a long-term deal this offseason, mainly because of how injury-prone he's been throughout his career and how we could bring in a vet who could do what he does on a much more consistent basis, or a we could bring in a stretch big, uh, a guy like Miles Turner, for example, that does what Mitch the same thing Mitch does defensively, but can stretch the floor. So Miles Turner, I'm just going to offer a quick rebuttal to that real quick. Miles Turner, since 2018, has played 225 games, right? And Mitchell Robinson, since 2018, has played 230. So I really don't think that he's as injury-prone as most people believe he is. And this past year was definitely his best in terms of, you know, avoiding injury. He played 72 out of a total 82 games, so only missed 10 there. And I, I really think that that and then combined with the fact that he's been much better with staying out of foul trouble that was something he struggled with just a couple years back I think that he's had very steady not big jumps each between each year but he's had very steady progress in multiple different areas of his game so yeah I've always been a big fan of Mitch and I'd love to see him with the team long term holding it down in the paint the block nest monster so moving on the OG Derek Rose, he's got plenty left in the tank and also wants to play until he's 40 and be the Tom Brady of the NBA, so there's that. Uh, Obviously, we're going to have to see how he bounces back from this season's injury, but we all know that he's came back from way worse, so I think he'll be completely fine and come back like nothing's changed. So I feel like he could be such a big part of any team, really, in multiple different roles. He just instant offense off the bench. Uh, great playmaker now at this point in his career, so I think he's been vital for the development of Emmanuel. Quickly could be vital for the development of a lot of other players on this team. Great locker room presence. I love D-Rose and would love to see him with the team for the foreseeable future. Getting into the top three here, and if you were to have any of these three players in any other of the categories, I would not listen to your argument. Obi Toppin is one here. I think Obi has a ton of potential and is more than just a lob threat. He's more than just a dunk contest winner. That consistent three-point shot 
will come along. We've seen flashes of it, and I think aside from that, this offseason, he should really work on trying to better his ball handling and looking up when he dribbles, you know, get a little bit of playmaking in there, and he can become such a dynamic, explosive power forward, which is like, like I mean, Obi's the number one reason why I want Randall off of the team because I think we have a perfect replacement for Julius Randall, and his name's Obi Toppin. So, yeah, Obi Toppin absolutely should be a part of our future. There's absolutely no doubt about it. So the next player is Obi's partner in crime, a fellow member of the 2020 NBA draft class. Emmanuel, quickly, I think is the second most important player for this team's future. Emmanuel quickly call him what you want point guard shooting guard combo guard I have loved what I've seen from him he's listen he's not the most consistent player at this point in his career will he ever be super consistent who knows you know it's still too early to tell but he gets into these shooting ruts and then people just suddenly start calling him a bust again and it and really it really ticks me off you know so yeah he he is such a natural playmaker like this season he really put on a show in terms of playmaking like even on at the times when he can't get his own shot going and can't even get those floaters to fall he really creates for his own teammates and that ESP he has with Obi Toppin like it's the best so the number one player that I think is vital absolutely critical for the New York Knicks future is obviously RJ Barrett and the only player I haven't mentioned yet and obviously because he deserves to be the number one spot, uh, have the number one spot on this list, whatever. He, I just, you know, talked about him plenty in the last episode. If you didn't listen to that, go check it out. I talk all about how high R.J. Barrett's ceiling really is. So, yes, I believe that you can take it to the bank that R.J. Barrett will make his first all-star appearance next season. Prior to that, in uh, this offseason, I think that he should focus in on two major things number one being his playmaking and number two actually being his consistency on the defensive end um i think that he's call me crazy for this but i think that he's actually been more inconsistent on the defensive end than he has been on offense so far throughout his career at least in this past season for sure because he's shown he shoot show shoot showed he shined shoes this past season no he showed some real consistency on the offensive end in the second half of the season but the defense it was a bit of you know some nights he'd get cooked other nights it looked like he had some players in federal prison so the consistency I feel like is the next step for him to be like that two-way player that we have always wanted him to be and I talk more about all that in the previous episode so if you have not checked that out then please go ahead and give that one a listen but thank you guys so much for listening to episode number four of yelling and propelling that just about wraps this one up i would challenge you guys to do the exact same thing well you don't have to do the exact same thing you can switch up the categories if you'd like you could break it into four maybe five or just do the two you could do the uh who should be a part of the future who shouldn't take out the middle one i could have done that i only put three players in there but anyways that'll do it for this episode of yelling and propelling thank you again for tuning in there won't be an episode next week but there will be an episode the following friday 7 a.m on the dot farewell for now everybody have a superb rest of your day or night and i hope to see you again soon go next